When we talk about sustainability uh, here, we're very much talking about being a responsible business. We made the shift uh, a few years ago away from using the word sustainability. We often found that it was having kind of just the green connotations, um, just the environmental impacts, whereas we see it a lot more holistically um, across the, the social and the environmental aspects, obviously as well as the economical um, aspects if you're using the old sustainability model. For us, it's really about kind of behaving with integrity, um, having respect throughout every aspect of, of what we do, um, and really being kind of aware um, of the impact that we can have on the communities that we work in and on the environment that we tend to be working in. We've tried really hard to embed that within the culture that we have um, and, and really try to make it underpin everything that we do. You are listening to Sustainability Success, a series from The Standard Show the podcast that brings you the stories behind the standards. Hello, this is Matthew Childs and welcome to Sustainability Success, a series from The Standard Show, a series which brings you stories of how organisations are using standards on their journeys to meet their sustainability goals. Now, sustainability has never been more important, but at the same time, people are more cynical than ever before about green marketing claims. They want to see proof that organisations are truly committed to tackling environmental and societal challenges. Using standards can help organisations save energy, save money and save the environment, and also to demonstrate their sustainability credentials to customers, employees and stakeholders, and in particular, their commitment to sustainable production and development. This episode of the series features Morgan Sindel Infrastructure and the issue of carbon management. Since 2001, Morgan Sindel Infrastructure has been using its engineering expertise and long-term relationships to deliver safe, innovative and responsible infrastructure for both public and private sector customers. And the voice you heard at the top of the episode was that of Henry Reynolds, talking about what sustainability means to them. I spoke to Henry about the company's overall approach to using standards, and in particular about the standard PAS 2080 for carbon management solutions in buildings and infrastructure development. And given that it's the standard show, I also asked him about his standards journey. Before we hear more from Henry, a reminder that you can subscribe to the standard show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find and follow us on social media too. All of the details are in the show notes. The show notes is also where you can find links to some of the content featured in this episode and the link to the other episodes in this series. So Henry Reynolds is responsible business manager at Morgan Sindel Infrastructure. I started by asking Henry to tell me more about the company. We are a construction and engineering company um, and, and part of the wider Morgan Sindel group. Um, and, and we kind of specialise in um working across the energy, the highways, rail, nuclear and water sectors, uh, and we deliver uh, nationally significant infrastructure across the UK. So we work for public and private sector um, customers and kind of uh, use our engineering, engineering expertise and um, some of the long-term relationships that we've, we've built over the years to, to deliver that um, infrastructure. And tell us about your, your, your role, you know, what it involves on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, so I'm a responsible business manager. And I work across our business units and project teams to kind of offer offer them that support. I oversee our responsible business approach, um, which includes our five total commitments. Uh, and they are to protect people, to develop people, um, to improve the environment 
to work together with our supply chain and to enhance communities. So I work with um, a lot of our business leaders and the subject matter experts we have in the business um, to uh, kind of then roll out a lot of the initiatives that we have um, and essentially deliver on our approaches. So day to day, that could be uh, looking at health and safety improvements and, and helping implement some of our wellbeing strategy. It could be uh, being an ally for our uh, employee networks. Um, a big focus of mine is on delivering a carbon reduction strategy and um, working on our approach to biodiversity net gain. But it can also then look at um, how we tackle modern slavery on our projects and in our supply chain, how we build that supply chain resilience for the future. And then also how we deliver long lasting social impact um, in the communities that we're working in. So really quite varied day to day. I wouldn't ever say two days are the same. Um, but all of those kind of um, projects that I work on really help us to meet um, our main purpose of of being a responsible business, essentially. Now, it sounds like a, a very wide ranging role and, and a yeah. wide ranging term that has developed a lot of currency over the last sort of 10 to 15 years is this issue of sustainability. So yes. so for Morgan Sindel Infrastructure, then, you know, what does sustainability mean for you? Yeah, so when we talk about sustainability uh, here, we're very much talking about being a responsible business. Um, we, we made the shift uh, a few years ago away from using the word sustainability um, because we often found that it was having kind of just the green connotations, um, just the environmental impacts, whereas we see it a lot more holistically um, across the, the social and the environmental aspects, obviously, as well as the economical um, aspects, if you're using the old sustainability model. Um, but for us, it's really about kind of behaving with integrity, um, having respect throughout every aspect of, of what we do. Um, and really being kind of aware um, of the impact that we can have on the communities that we work in and on the environment that we tend to be working in. Um, and kind of we, we, we've tried really hard to embed that within the culture that we have um, and, and, and really try to make it underpin everything that we do. Um, so we very much believe, um, I mean it when we do say this as well, that being a responsible business is good business. Um, and that's certainly the angle that we are, are trying to take um, when we're talking about sustainability, really. You mentioned there that you sort of uh, you've, you've adopted a new, t- a different term, sort of a responsible business. So I just wonder, um, and some of the issues that you that you when you talk about that term, some of the issues that you mean. But what are your what are your sustainability goals then? What are the, what are the goals for the organisation? Yeah, so from a responsible business point of view, it's it is really overarching. It, it really does touch upon health and safety. It touches on our, our people and and. Um, what other people might see as a, as a HR function, but it's really about developing people. It's about protecting people. Um, big elements of improving the environment for both carbon reduction, biodiversity net gain, um, the transition to a, a circular economy. Um, we've got um, ambitions around eradicating modern slavery in our supply chain and, and on our projects, which we know is is uh, an issue that does happen in the construction sector. Um, and we've seen social impact and social value again uh, really start to grow in significance, not only to to us, um, but our customers, our people, our, our, our local communities as well. So ambitions are across the, the spectrum there, um, but really it's just about doing the right thing at the right time um, and making that conscious decision to, to kind of behave the right way for us. Now, Henry, I'm interested about uh, the relationship you have with standards, obviously being the standards show. This is what I yeah. wanted to talk to you about today. Yeah. And, I, and I want to talk to you about a specific down standard shortly. But what's your, just could you describe to me your overall, overall approach as, as an organisation to using standards? 
Yeah, so we've um, we've used standards um, historically way before my time in the business, and, and we certainly will way way after my time in the business. Um, we've got some of the classics that well, the, the, well I like to call the classics the nine thousand and one, the fourteen thousand and one, forty five thousand and one. Um, and they've long been part of the, the strategy um, throughout all their iterations, and, and that's what kind of makes up our uh, integrated management system. We've then got some of the new ones that have kind of come online more recently with the collaborative working standard, the BIM standard, and, and now looking at, at a PAS 2080 as well. So the, the, the strategy is that we don't just take upon any standard that comes on. It, it needs to be the right fit for us at the time. We need to be in a mature position to actually implement that standard. And we need to be able to see the benefits that that standard is going to bring to us and, the, and our customers, really. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably where we're at with standards at the moment. I love this idea of the classics here. I was going to use the term <laughs> blockbuster. But I'm interested you said there about some of those 14,001, 9,001, 45,001 as sort of part of your integrated management system. I just wonder as a, you know, for where you sit in the business, how you experience that as an employee, what difference does it make really to sort of your, your day-to-day operations in, in your role? Before we, before we get to the, the one you mentioned there before stealing my thunder, but how, how does it, how do you, how do you experience it as an employee within Morgan uh, Sindal Infrastructure? So historically with my role, I've, I've very much been looking at uh, 14,001. Uh, my background um, before my current role is, was in environmental management and um, working centrally across the business units. It's about ensuring that our teams have access to the uh, right documents, the right guides, the right standards, everything they need to deliver essentially our projects on site. So um, that's really my interaction with the standards. It's 14,001 is, is, is where I've been involved heavily um, and essentially ensuring that, that we meet, not only meet the criteria for um, 14,001, but actually our, our teams on the, on the project can actually use what we're trying to implement. Um, and so do you just, this is a day-to-day tool for you? Uh, it, it has been, and it will continue to do so in, in some capacity. Um, there's someone else in the team now that is, is, is managing that environmental management system for us. Um, so it, it's now very much their day-to-day. Um, but uh, yeah, I have some oversight. Do you want to help make people's lives easier, safer, and more enjoyable? Well, why not become a standards maker and have your say on the development of standards? Standards affect all of us every day, wherever we go, whatever we do. By defining good practice, they help people, organizations, the economy and society to do things better. Each year, standards bodies publish thousands of standards and we are looking for more people like you to join our community of standards makers. We welcome applicants from all fields, backgrounds, and career stages. Our goal is to have a balance of views around the table. By becoming a standards maker, you could help to create cities that boost people's well-being, make strides in stem cell research, build more diverse workplaces, and even make the most reliable and sustainable products. So, if you want to make a difference and shape the world through standards, start your standards-making journey now. Simply visit bsigroup.com forward slash get involved. Now, you mentioned PAS 2080 there. there in, uh, it wasn't quite a classic for you yet. But this is, this is the standard for carbon management solutions in buildings and infrastructure development. So, I'm really keen to know here, you know, why PAS 2080? Why is this standard so important to you? 
Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a change of what's been out there before, first of all, I guess. Um, so it's something different and, and it is that standard approach that I think has been missing um, from carbon management. But PAS 2080 has been something that's been in our carbon strategy for a few years. It's, it's been around for a while um, as a PAS. And we, we've we've had it on the radar, but not necessarily gone for it. Um, we knew long term that um, alignment to a management system like or a management standard like PAS 2080 um, is is necessary really to achieve our long term goals, um, especially when we're talking about scope three and some of the reduction targets that we've set. Um, and I think that PAS 2080 really allows us to evolve that strategy, uh, moves us away from operational emissions and some of the low hanging fruit that. Um, in reality, is quite easy to achieve and actually moving us forward into the scope three emissions area that is, it's a bit blurry. It's still a little bit misunderstood um, and in reality, it's a lot harder to reduce. So for us, by implementing PAS 2080, we know that actually we're going to have a robust system in place that is going to allow us to do as much as we can in that space. Um, so that was kind of the first real driver. It's on the strategy. We, we think we're in a mature position now to actually implement it properly. Um, and, and, and really evolve and move forward in that space. Um, early on this year, we obviously saw the release of the new PAS 2080 um, standard as well. It, it got reviewed and, and re-released at the start of the year. Um, so we've seen some of the key um, changes um, to managing carbon uh, within that um, change, which is which is interesting. Um, and we've also seen some of our customers as well talking about PAS 2080 a lot more. Um, some have come out and made it a requirement to be accredited. Some have um, introduced some of the principles into their thinking. So uh, but it's kind of a, a few a few things have all aligned at the same time for us here. Um, it, it's very much been part of the strategy. The new release of the of the new standard, um, I think it was in March, um, has shown some really good um, advances and some and some new areas of focus. And then also we've seen a lot of our key customers in the infrastructure sector um, aligning themselves to it and and uh, it makes sense. That's interesting there. You talk about the, the supply chain issues and the relationships with, with sort of customers. I just wonder from a from a practical basis, um, you are using it. You know, what difference is it making or, or what difference will it make? You know, it sort of drill down for me, sort of, again, maybe on a day-to-day basis, what, what impact will it have on the organisation? Yeah, so we're very much at the start um, of, of this journey, I guess, um, in the early stages of, of attaining certification and accreditation. Uh, we've done some internal reviews um, as well as used BSI to understand where our existing gaps are and, and some of the work we need to focus in on. Um, and we, we, we've got some data booked in for A24, um, hopefully to certify. In terms of benefit for us, um, like I say, we see it as a natural step um, in our carbon reduction journey. We, we, we've done a lot in, in carbon reduction and are very proud of what we have done, but we know that we've got a lot more to do. Um, Moving away from operational, it's it's moving us into that scope three space um, and the involvement with our supply chain and our actual processes in project delivery, um, which are really important to actually get anywhere near um, some of the targets that, that have been set. Um, really great opportunity for us to collaborate even more um, up and down the value chain. So it, it's about engaging with our customers. It's about engaging with our designers um, and engaging with our supply chain, really, and bringing everyone onto that same page. Day to day, I guess it is that um, getting into the space of challenging um, behaviours where we think there can be improvements. Um, there's big elements of PAS 2080 that, that require you to, to challenge customers, to designers, um, ourselves, our supply chain on, on really driving better performance, um, whether that be in, in baselining and reporting and monitoring. 
or anything like that. There's there's been some step changes in um, supply chain evaluation as well. So ensuring that um, the people that are undertaking our work for us, that we've um, not only vetted them for, for what we historically have, but we start to ask them questions around carbon, um, their own performance, what their own ambitions are, um, and then working with that supply chain to really help improve themselves. Um, we know that if we're going to tackle scope three emissions, it, it mostly sits in our supply chain. So we need to work with that supply chain to, to make the end uh, improvements that are required. So there's, there's a lot that we are already doing in this space. Um, so personally, I don't envisage it being a massive shift day to day, but it does just put carbon up that, up that agenda a little bit more in certain aspects. You mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Henry, about certification. I just wonder from a, an additional layer here, why as an organisation would you want to certify? You know, what, what additional benefits do you see that bringing you? Yeah, so th- there's, there's some of the obvious ones around um, what our customers are asking us to do. Um, really clearly, some of them have, have already come out and said, you, you kind of, we won't want to work with you if you don't have the accreditation. So that's a really easy one. Um but it, it goes back to our um, overall responsible business ambitions um, about doing the right thing, um, responsible businesses, good business, and and the benefits that having a standard around carbon management, especially, is that we can ensure that all of our projects, um, regardless of where they are in the country, regardless of what kind of infrastructure project they are, we know that they've met a certain standard when it comes to decision making, when it comes to um, kind of a criteria that we're marking each other against or or just general um, delivery of a project. So it's that consistency that we know that we can then hold our hands up and say that we've done we've done what we we can. We've we've pushed uh, every avenue to the max here. We've, we've kind of explored lots of options and, and we're working with everyone to, to improve. Now, Henry, you also mentioned earlier about your use of other standards, other management system standards, sort of, and providing an integrated approach. Yeah. I just wonder now that you are you are using and you've adopted uh, PAS twenty eighty, and you're working towards uh, certification. Where does that fit then? Will that fit within that integrated management system? Talk, talk me through how it how it will blend with the other the use of other standards. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it has to uh, has to has to blend. Um, we have an integrated management system. We, we can't simply um, create a PAS twenty eighty management system system and, and, and whack it on the side um, that would be easy to do um, again relatively straightforward and, and wouldn't take much time to be honest um, it's the integrated piece the integrated nature of everything that is that is going to take the time to transition into um, but that's where we see the real benefit that's where actually it doesn't just become someone in the environment team um, that goes through a management standard it's it's actually fully embedded from our work winning teams to our pre-com teams to our project delivery teams and then even on our handover to to our customers so it's 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 completely the plan uh, is to completely integrate um, as we would do with with our 14001 9001 45001 and, and any of the other standards that we have um, I'm working closely with that um, IMS, the Integrated Management System team, to ensure that that happens. Um, the governance structures that we have in place to ensure that, yeah, it doesn't just get added on as a nice bolt on so we pass the audit and, and get the rubber stamp. It's actually fully integrated and embedded into to how we deliver projects. So I just wonder, Henry, you, you've talked there about integrating it uh, into the business. I just wonder what, what's been your personal experience so far with PAS 2018? So for me, um, so far, it's about getting the right people in the right room as early as possible. Um, fully integrating this, you can't do it on your own or you can't do it within your own little team. You need the subject matter experts um, to help you. You can certainly be the carbon 
brain in the room. Um, but you need to work with the designers. You need to work with the workmanning teams. You need to work with the procurement teams, the supply chain managers to understand how it's going to be embedded into their day-to-day roles. Um, in my opinion, for it to be fully embedded, in theory, no one should be coming to me and saying, what's carbon? It, it's embedded into their role. It's, it's their behavior. It's their cultures. It's, it's their process of doing things. So getting those people in the room to start with, getting their buy-in, um, especially, and then getting them to, to, to help deliver it is, is certainly um, the most important thing from my point of view. I just wonder what's um, what's next for modern single infrastructure and sustainability or, or responsible business. You know, where do you go next? What's the what's the next target for you? Yeah, um, after 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 getting past twenty eighty, I think a little holiday. But after that, um, there's there's lots of um, lots on the agenda to be honest, and it's it's an ever evolving and, and quite an exciting uh, place from my point of view to be involved. Um, I've touched upon a couple of the things already around um, biodiversity improvement and um, the requirements of net gain that we're in, um, expecting later on this year. Uh, we have a number of biodiversity improvement partnerships uh, already established and uh, we're exploring what the next opportunity for us there is. Um, we're looking into modern slavery again and, and, and really building a robust assurance programme to ensure that we combat the risks of modern slavery. And that's not just within our own supply chain, but um, we've got ambitions to kind of involve um, many other of the of the tier one, tier two contractors in that to kind of really tackle that problem. And I guess that the world of social impact um, and, and really ensuring that we make a difference to those communities on our projects. Um, we have a quite unique opportunity often that we're in communities for three, four, even 20 years. Um, and as a, a major employee uh, or employer, sorry, in those communities, we've got a, a great um, opportunity to really help change some lives there and, and get a lot of people that haven't previously seen construction um, as, a, as a profession into the sector and, and help fill some of those skills gaps that we've got. Now, um, Henry, you talked about the organisation's sort of journey here for Powers 2080, but I'm interested in your personal journey too, because it's the standard show and we like a personal standards journey. So so what's been your standards journey? You know, how and when did it start for you and where are you now? Yeah, so um, my first, I guess, interaction with standards, I'm not going to quite say day one when I joined the business, but it, it wouldn't have been far off. Um, started as a, an environmental graduate in the, in the central team and, and um, had some responsibility for for ISO 14001, um, was involved in some early audits um, and was quite confused with what was going on, if I'm completely honest. Um, but I guess as we've gone through that journey, as I've evolved and, and, and kind of understood the, the role that standards can play in a business, it's, it's become a lot, um, I'm not going to say easier, but I've, I understand it a lot more um, and, and, and certainly understand the benefits. So, that, that's then progressed me into kind of where I am now um, in, in the responsible business manager role and, and carbon has, has been a focus for a long time. So um, carbon management standards, I think, are, are really, really important. Um, they drive that um, common approach. It, it stops people trying to tackle it on their own. And um, I guess the hardest thing with, with carbon reduction is you can't actually see it. So having a, a standard that helps you at least understand it and um uh, gives you a, a kind of a formalized approach to managing it uh, i i think it, it is going to be really beneficial so um i've fully immersed myself into past 2080 over the past uh six months probably uh, probably longer actually since the start of this year um and uh, looking forward to being able to actually showcase the fact that we've um, we've moved 
um, quite substantially forward uh, in, our, in the way that we approach carbon mining. My thanks to Henry Reynolds of Morgan Sindel Infrastructure for sharing with me their sustainability success story. Now, a reminder that for more information on some of the content featured in this episode, including details of PAS 2080 and how to get involved with standards, then check out the links in the show notes. You have been listening to Sustainability Success, a series from The Standard Show. Subscribe to The Standard Show now, wherever you get your podcasts. You just heard a stripped media production.